the biblical call to give an answer for those who inquire about the faith. We are always prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within us. This is your life. This is who you are. This changes the way you understand yourself as a human being and every other human being. It changes what you mean by justification and adoption and sanctification and glorification. And it changes what you mean by why we do what we do in gospel ministry and in righteous living. Everything is changed when we understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Chablani Mayberg. And I'm Isaac Pinto. We are associate pastors at Central Baptist Church. And welcome to our Theology Alive podcast, where we look to engage theology in the church carried out in the culture using a Christian worldview. Well, greetings, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of uh, TAP. But yep. it's not just tap today. Mm. We we're actually combining two shows. Come on. But we'll first greet our. Come on now. Hallelujah. For those that do generally listen, they they used to this now by yes. now. So, come on. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but we do have. Um, it's gonna be more than just Isaac and I. There's as, about as you can already hear. Yes. There's yep. there's there's about. I mean, we'll do mock numbers. There's about twenty of us in the room. Jokes. <laughs> 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 This is a live show. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we, 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 there is a lot of us today. Um, but mm. it is going to be a special show. It is our special um, Easter service recording. Um, mm. So it will be a very different tap, but it will be a blessing nonetheless. Now, for those of you who do not know what tap is, what is tap, Jabu? It is and maybe theology. just introduce yourself and Isaac right. introduce yourself. Yes. Okay. So um, I'm Isaac. I'm one of the assistant pastors here at... Central Baptist Church, and I'm the music guy, kind of, and yeah. I'm Jablani Mayberg. I'm also one of the um, associate pastors here at Central Baptist Church. Um, and TAP is a Theology Alive podcast. You can find us on whatever podcast medium that you use. Mm-hmm. Um, you can either ty- type TAP or the Theology Alive podcast and you'll find us. And at the intro of the podcast, we introduce ourselves again. Yes. So if you missed our names, you can right. catch it also <laughs> on our podcast. Yeah. Well, friends, you are listening also to Radio Pulpit 657 AM and Radio K Pulpit 729. AM with me, Mark Penrith, your host, together with Peter Smith and Brendan Jacobs. Ja- Jacobs. Now that was That's like a, a blend <laughs> between Jacobs and Jacobs. Jacobs, <laughs> your hosts. Um, who am I? You might ask. I'm the husband of one gorgeous wife, Liesel. I'm the father of three interesting children, Kate and Catherine and Thomas. And I am a pastor together with Isaac Javu and uh, Charles DeKivitt at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. Peter, introduce yourself so the audience knows who they're talking to. I just want to say, I appreciate you always finding interesting ways to introduce your children. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Penrith's are interesting. (laughs) I've no doubt. Um, Yeah, uh, who am I? I'm I'm Peter Smith. I'm the husband of my beautiful wife, Bridget, and uh, the father of Emma, free old beautiful girl and the father of a now a three weeks old uh, baby boy shepherd shepherd he was gonna name his uh, son mark 
<laughs> but decided to offer Shepard. Jabu, you having a daughter? Markina is the feminine is the feminine form of Mark. I'm just putting it out there. Keep that in mind. Don't even want to introduce yourself, Brendan. So I'm I'm um, Brendan Jacobs. Um, I serve alongside Peter and Pastor Jock at Pretoria North Baptist Church, and um, I'm currently studying um, in my first year at Christ Baptist Seminary in Polokwane. So friends, you are listening to Table Talk, and uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Table Talk now, but just to say this is a combined episode uh, together with TAP, a ministry which comes out of Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. All of us are needing to do a podcast for Good Friday and for the Easter period, and so we decided to join forces and combined you have now five pastors and you have a number of interns all in the room, all ready to engage on the centrality of the Christian faith being the cross mm. and Jesus Christ and him crucified. Mm-hmm. Table Talk is also Table Talked. I just <laughs> I just passed tense <laughs> the show. <laughs> table Talk is podcasted. Check out IONO.FM or Apple Podcast or wherever you download your podcasts on Google to listen, subscribe, rate, and review. We are normally a listener-engaged show. You normally phone into studio. You normally drop comments on Facebook. You normally engage with us on WhatsApp, or if you're a twit, you tweet with us. But today, we are recorded, and so we don't have the opportunity to hear your engagement. But do please send in a, a note of encouragement through WhatsApp or on the comments section in Facebook. We will read those and it's always encouraging to hear what you guys have to say. On the controls this morning as we record, pressing all the buttons, answering all the calls, we don't have calls. Is our <laughs> co-labor in this ministry, do you want to say a shout out to Talamo and to Daniel who are serving in this way? We will be live on 657 AM Radio Pulpit on 729 AM Radio K Pulpit on Facebook, uh, f- uh, which is Radio Pulpit Radio Console on DSTV Channel 882, on Open View Channel 607, and on our website www.radiopulpit.co.za, wherever you are tuning in. Welcome. It is good to be spending Friday together with you. So, guys, <coughs> today. I'm hoping that we engage on the topic of Good Friday um, and really uh, everything around Good Friday, both the the lead up and the run up to Good Friday, Good Friday itself, what was achieved on the cross, uh, what happened on the cross, and if we can unpack the consequences or the benefits that are derived uh, from the cross of Christ. And we're going to do that over the next uh, hour and a bit. But maybe just to kind of kick us off and to get started, what were the key events that led us to the cross? I don't know who wants to start that out. I see uh, it looks like Isaac is uh, is ready to get us going. Uh, Jabu, uh, what were the key events that led us to the cross? Um, well, I don't know how how back we we want to go. I mean, we we can see in the scriptures that. Um, this was part of the foreordained plan of God. Oh, that's such yeah. a theological <laughs> answer. I'm loving that. Yeah. So, so in other words, right. when we're talking about like what led to the cross, you started uh, uh, in eternity uh, uh, past. Right. I <laughs> right. like that. I the, like, well, the, flesh that out. What do you mean by that? Uh, I mean that um, the lamb was was laid before the foundation of the world. It was in God's plan, even the, before the world was created, 
to redeem a people for himself uh, and and through uh, the death of the second person of the Trinity uh, Jesus Christ and so there is a, a plan from right from the beginning uh, that unfolded uh, with both God's sovereign hand guiding everything and at the same time uh, humans making uh, their own decisions uh, but God orchestrating this this beautiful plan so yeah mm. I was going to say then, so we get um, eternity past and then we get Galatians 4.4 4, mm. fullness of time had come right. uh, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons so mm. um, I guess you asked uh, uh, Good Friday before Good Friday, we need the incarnation. So right. God needs to become flesh mm. before he can die. Um, so we get the plan. And the plan yeah. um, was prophesied by the prophets. And then it's fulfilled. It's, it starts its fulfillment um, in the birth of Jesus Christ. I'm thinking of uh, prophesied by the prophets. I mean, we, we've started in eternity past, right? <laughs> uh, and um, Revelation chapter 13, verse 8 comes to mind that those on the earth will worship it, everyone whose name was not written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. Mm-hmm. So it turns out there's a book. Mm. Names are written in the book. Mm. This happens even before creation happens. And so we have this idea of eternity past a plan that a lamb would need to be slain. Now I'm thinking of prophecy of what Jabu has said. And I'm thinking, where do the prophecies start? Um, where do the prophecies start in terms of um, biblical order? And I'm hoping that you take us to Revela- uh, to Genesis chapter 3. Not Revelation, that's the end of the story. Go to the beginning of the story, chapter 3, Peter. Yeah, so Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Um, you know, the big word for that, what some theologians call is the, the proto-evangelion, the, the proto-gospel, the, the first uh, the mention, the first mention of God making a plan that are not coming up with a plan, but what was the plan? God initiating the plan mm. of of sending someone who would then crush the head of the serpent. So, Genesis three fifteen, you have to start there when it mm. comes to the gospel. If you, it's the foundation. If if you miss Genesis three v- verse fifteen, you miss the the centrality of Christ even in the Old Testament. How the purpose of the Old Testament is is for in Christ, He is the, you know, He's He's, he's the true vine. Uh, he's the fulfillment of of the prophecies of the Old Testament, the coming Messiah, the descendant of David, the great prophet that is to replace Moses, that that is to come after Moses. Yes. Um, so you have to start Genesis three fifteen. So, as we look into the Old Testament, what what are some of the pictures or some of the prophecies that explicitly talk to this idea of a savior that was to come, of a lamb that would be slain, um, of a servant that would be crushed. I'm like laying out breadcrumbs. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about to give you the address of, uh, of passages. But, yeah. but there are. There, I mean, there's so many wonderful yeah. prophecies, right, that Jesus Christ yeah. fulfills in his first advent. Um, g- give me some of them and, I think and one tell of me the, what's happening. One of the first ones that come to mind is Isaiah 9 verse 6. 
for unto us a child is born, uh, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty mm. God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mm. Yes. Uh, so that's almost immediately one of the great messianic passages telling us this this and this person that God is going to send is not just going to be another David. Is something unique about him. I mean, just in the words, a child is born, but he will be called everlasting father. Mm. Um, the government will be on his shoulders. I mean, even as Isaiah penned these words, I, he must have trembled. I, I mean, he, he must have had an inkling that there was a promise to come, but but this must have baffled him in some ways. Mm. No, definitely. And um, I'm, I'm reminded of what the Apostle Peter wrote. You know, where, <laughs> it's a great place to go. Yeah where, yeah, where he says the prophets didn't, you know, always grasp what they what they wrote, but they were moved, yes. they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Mm. And uh, even even the angels tried to peek into, wow, how is this going to work out? And uh, fortunately, we are blessed by God that we now live on this side of the cross. Yes. And so we see the fulfillment of all those prophecies in, in, in some of the, I don't know, vagueness is the right word, but they, they're, not, they're not complete, um, the readers of the Old Testament, not able to completely see the great, the bigger <laughs> picture of how all of it would work out. And we now read those prophecies. Mm-hmm. And we can just praise God mm-hmm. for, firstly, his, his faithfulness, that he, what he said had come to pass. We can praise God for His His goodness in that He He has always had a plan to redeem us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it isn't a plan B. He didn't fail. It was the plan that we will grow into into Christ likeness because of the the coming Messiah, the one who would redeem us, mm-hmm. and uh, that should also give us assurance, right? Uh, it should strengthen our faith in yes. in the Bible <laughs> because the prophecies came true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when when we talk about the prophetic witness of the Old Testament, there's a little bit of conflict there, Joby. Like uh, uh, we we get this picture of this triumphant Messiah figure that will be greater, that will sit on the throne of David, that will be called Wonderful Counselor, and the the government will rest on his shoulders. When Jesus comes, certainly in his first advent we see glimmers of his glory and the transfiguration and at other times but in reality um when we think of christianity we think of the centrality of the cross a a, a humiliation a a deep humiliation um uh, someone uh, crashed and uh, by whose stripes we are healed um how how i mean when you think of the prophetic witness uh, and you think of of scriptures that pointed particularly to Jesus and to his atoning sacrificial death on the cross. What are the kinds of passages which come to mind for you? So, I mean, I before I give you the passage, I mean, I was thinking of um, Isaiah 53. I mean, I'll quickly read it. Yeah. Uh, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities upon him. Was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Mm. Um, I think what you're talking about was the exact struggle that the Pharisees had. The, this is not the the Messiah that we were waiting for. Yeah. We were waiting for mm. the triumphant king who would come riding on a horse. Mm. But the triumphant king came riding on a donkey. Yeah. You know, it, it was exactly what they didn't want was exactly who he was. Mm. Um, and yet, 
Jesus had fulfilled everything that was written about him in the Old Testament. He had fulfilled it in his life here on earth. But I got excited for a moment there, Mark, where you started our previous conversation by talking about pictures. Yes. And I was like, yes. And then you went to explicit verses. It's like, yeah, we're going to Isaiah again. <laughs> but, I mean, after the, the uh, Proto-Euangelion, um, uh, G- Genesis 3.15, we have an innocent animal's life taken yeah. to 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 cover for yeah, the sin of Adam and yeah. Eve. Already the picture of atonement, mm. penal substitutionary atonement is already right. already in Genesis yeah. early stages. Yeah. And then we get to Noah and we get the ark. And we already get the image of mankind being being covered from the wrath of God by God. Mm. Yes. And again we, we no, don't you see can't the just cross. leave that you can't just leave that there. Now I'm mm. I'm gonna leave the conversation in terms of penal substitutionary atonement to Isaac. So, yes. so no. Isaac is busy prepping himself to have no. this conversation. But, 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 but I don't want to just leave the ark because yes. now we have this absolutely amazing picture. We, we've used a fancy word, atonement, right? Yes. Which means to cover. Yes. Um, but, but maybe just how does the ark, very early on in the Genesis account, yes. how does the ark picture this salvation yeah. that God would one day wrought. So so we get um, in, in Genesis 6 a description of the sinfulness of man. I mean, it's bad. Uh, it, the, it, it's totally depraved. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but now that it's on the table, uh, man was indeed totally depraved. All their thoughts and the intents of man was evil continually. Inclination of their heart. Sure. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, an, it's an utter kind yes. of depravity. He has sunk down to where he actually is without God. The image of God is marred. It is skewed. It is broken. It ends up, you know, in murder in chapter Mm 4. And by the time you get to chapter 5, you have polygamy. By the time you get to chapter 6, there's some kind of weird demonic something or other going yes. on it's just it's an odd yes. i mean i mean man is just bad yes <laughs> it's so so bad that even even demons want to get want to get some of this action we, we we read that as well but but then we get this picture of of god wanting to redeem mankind and that um uh man will be will be saved what from does redemption mean joey God is gonna save. He's, okay. he's gonna save humanity. He's gonna. He's, he was gonna save them from his wrath, and his wrath then would be a worldwide flood. Yes. Um, now we need to understand that when we say worldwide flood, is nothing like the floods that we see today. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you read. Uh, Genesis 7, 8, and 9, you read the highest mountains were submerged by water. So we're talking a proper covering mm-hmm. of the earth. God is is starting afresh. But those who would be saved would be those who would believe that he would save them by this ark. Um, and and when, Noah, when Noah builds the ark, all who go into the ark are those who actually have faith that God it, would save and them. And it must have been faith. Because yes. these guys had never seen rain before. Exactly. Right yeah. uh, in wow. Genesis two, mm. it tells us yeah. that 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 water came yes. up like mist yes. from the earth. And um, mm. we have this picture of water being locked in the heavens above, water being locked mm. in the earth below, yep. and 
at the time of the flood, the great deep gives up its water yep. and the, the heavens break forth and the water is completely released yes. and the entire world is submerged. Those people that had never seen rain built a boat. I mean, it, it must <laughs> yes. have been a little bit wacky. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean, if, if again, uh, bringing some similarities, the, the, the people who had watched Noah building this ark thought he was an absolute lunatic. Yeah. The people who watched the disciples follow Jesus thought that they were lunatics as well. Yes. This mm. can't be the Messiah. Mm. The Messiah is coming to rule and reign. Yeah. yeah. This man is a phony. Yeah. And yet they had faith in him. And I think even even the disciples in, in Acts, uh, we, we see some of them asking Jesus, is it now when you're going <laughs> to? <Yeah. laughs> like yes. even then they, yeah. they, they were like, well, is it now the triumphant king is going to come and yes. with the sword? <laughs> and like, uh, yes. you know, but uh, the God's uh, strategy was uh, slightly different than what they expected. Mm-hmm. And, and yet we know that uh, that picture is still going to be truly realized uh, uh, when he comes back. Right. So we dropped a theological phrase earlier, mm. and it was related to a picture that we saw just after the prototype gospel mm. in Genesis chapter 3. We saw God killing animals and making coverings, mm. atoning for Adam and Eve after they sinned before he cast them out of Eden. Um, and the phrase that we used, the, the theological term that we used was penal substitutionary atonement. What on earth does that mean in yeah. basic English, please, um, so, Isaac? So penal substitutionary atonement uh, basically means, the penal part means that there is a debt, there is something uh, that needs to be covered in a sense there is a debt to be paid Um, and and substitutionary comes from uh, in the place of in in the place of someone else so when we say when you speak about penal substitutionary atonement um, uh, and we see for this foreshadowed uh, already in you know in the sacrificial system even even um uh, before, when we we speak about the the Passover uh, lamb, you know, in Egypt, if you think about God promised that He's going to bring about destruction, and and their blood needs to be put in the four posts of of this, and this is a lamb who is dying, and the blood is is in the four posts, uh, and as this destroyer comes he's going to pass over because of of that blood and and it is all pointing to jesus christ who who is paying uh on the the sins that he didn't commit that we committed uh and that's the penal part and he's dying in our place and uh and that is the penal substitution i don't know if you guys want to add to to that but this is it's so it's so dear to to my heart, and <laughs> the guys joke because I I often ask interns what <laughs> what what it is about. But the fact that Jesus Christ He paid for my debt and He died in my place, mm. to put it in simple English. Yeah. So Isaac spoke about this word wrath. So did uh, Jabu. So Jabu spoke about the word wrath in the context of the ark. Isaac spoke about wrath in the context of Egypt and the Mm. plagues that the Egyptians were coming 
under. Brandon, just to ask you, <laughs> why is God so angry? <laughs> I like, I, I, and and is God angry in the Old Testament in a way that He's not in the New Testament? Mm. Like, what what is this about wrath that becomes uh, important to the story of the cross? Yeah. So, so the reason why God is why we see God's wrath is because wrath he, rather ra- than wrath, wrath, okay. wrath whatever, whatever you want. Potato, potato. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of them is theologically yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't say which one. Yeah. Okay. Um, wrath or wrath, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's angry because he's holy. Yes. Um, and, oh, and come on now, tease that out. Explain, because, so, explain what that means and and why it affects his disposition. Yes, so so he is holy, meaning that God is completely separate from his creation. He yeah. is um, unique in in who he is. He is morally perfect. There's no sin in him. One John verse, um, one John one verse five says in him there's no darkness at at all. Yeah. Um, um, Paul Tripp says that God is is almost in a class of his own. Yes. Well, he um, definitely is in a class of yeah, his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not almost. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely. In fact, I doubt Paul Tripp said almost. I'm thinking Paul Tripp is one of the good guys. Said <laughs> no, no, that no, God no. is in a class. I of I apologize for that. Yeah. That's okay. He said that God <laughs> Love is covers in a, a multitude <laughs> of sins. This is a safe space. Keep on talking, brother. He said that God is in a, in a class of his own, and so when we when we sin. We break God's law, and and the law is a reflection of God's character. Um, and Peter also always used this um, um, the, this example. God didn't just decide that lying is a tr- is 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 a sin. Yeah, lying is a sin because God is a God of truth. Wow. So so you go you you rebel against God's holy character. And he can't compromise on on his character, and therefore we see his his holy anger, his wrath against um, against sin, and and we see that then through uh, in the story of the ark, and and I mean throughout all the scriptures, and then at the end, I mean eternal hell. That is the the ultimate wrath, if if you want to call it um, that, where where you will. Spend for all eternity in in the in the lake of, of fire, and in spite of his wrath, there's always grace um, in in every story. And and like we discussed the the story of the of of, of the ark now and and the flood, there was only one door on the ark. And when we see in in John where Jesus says, "But I am the door. Mm-hmm. Whoever enters through me will be saved." And everyone who entered through the the door of the ark. They were saved. Yes, and it's God Himself who seals up that door, mm, who yes. places the final covering, absolutely, uh, on that door. Uh, I like something that you said, and uh, maybe just this segment of the show will will close off on this idea. You said that God's wrath is due to His holiness and His righteousness, and it is intrinsic to His nature. It is a good quality in light of man's sin. Um, you might not have said all of that, but I'm putting it together yeah, now. Yeah. But you said, but there's always grace. And, you know, listen, if you're listening in right now, I, I, I do want to talk to that grace. Adam and Eve sinned against the holy God, and yet God showed grace and promised that there would be one who was to come who would crush the head of the serpent. Man fell into total depravity. 
um, and sinned against God in Genesis six. Job, we told us about yet about that, and yet and yet there was grace. God saved eight people in all, Moses and his family, um, and took them through the waters uh, that they might be saved. When you think of um, the time of, of of Israel in Egypt, the wrath of God was revealed against the nations, uh, against the nation of Egypt in particular, and yet the grace of God was demonstrated, as Isaac pointed out, um, in this lamb that was slain and that blood atoned and was put over the lintels of the door um, so that uh, the angel uh, would pass by. Um, as we read through the Old Testament, we see this, this picture uh, of God's wrath and God's judgment revealed against even his people in the time of judges as they spiral down into sin. And yet God constantly raising up a redeemer that his grace and his mercy and his love might be shown. We see God's um, uh, judgment uh, upon his people all through the Old Testament and yet this promise to his king David, a man after God's own heart, that one would eventually sit on his throne that would bring true deliverance mm. to his people, that would have an eternal kingdom. Um, we, we see these attributes of God um, on display in the Old Testament and when we come together again after the break, we will see how all of these attributes come to bear and come to um, come to uh, fulcrum, come to precision um, in the cross of Christ as God's justice, his holiness, his wrath, his mercy, his grace, and his love are all revealed in one moment as Jesus dies for the sins of many. Do stick with us. We'll be back after a short break. We live in a day where we think that in order to be relevant to our culture, we must be like our culture. We live in a day where we think in order for the gospel to be relevant, we must somehow adapt it to the culture and nothing on the face of the earth or in the bowels of hell could be further from the truth. We are relevant not because we are like our culture, we are relevant because we are absolutely different. And our gospel has power not because it is acceptable to carnal men, our gospel has power because it is a scandal to men. 